Section 39 of Bits About Home Matters by Helen Hunt Jackson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 39 The Good Staff of Pleasure. In an inn in Birch's Garden, Bavaria, where I dined every day for four weeks one summer, I made the acquaintance of a little maid called Gretchen. She stood all day long washing dishes in a dark passageway which communicated in some mysterious fashion with cellar, kitchen, dining room and main hall of the inn. From one or other of these quarters, Gretchen was sharply called so often that it was a puzzle to know how she contrived to wash so much as a cup or a plate in the course of the day. Poor child! I am afraid she did most of her work after dark, for I sometimes left her standing there at ten o'clock at night. She was blanched and shrunken from fatigue and lack of sunlight. I doubt if ever, unless perhaps on some exceptional Sunday, she knew the sensation of a full breath of pure air or a warm sunbeam on her face. But whenever I passed her she smiled, and there was never failing good cheer in her voice when she said, "'Good morning.' Her uniform atmosphere of contentedness so impressed and surprised to me that at last I said to France, the head waiter, What makes Gretchen so happy? She has a hard life, always standing in that narrow dark place, washing dishes. Franz was phlegmatic and spoke very little English. He shrugged his shoulders in sign of assent that Gretchen's life was a hard one and added, Ja, ja. She likes because all must come at her door. There will be no one which will say not nothing if they go by. That was it. Almost every hour some human voice said pleasantly to her, Good morning, Gretchen, or It is a fine day. Or if no words were spoken, there would be a friendly nod and smile. For nowhere in kind-hearted, simple Germany do human beings pass by other human beings as we do in America without so much as a turn of the head to show recognition of humanity in common. This one little pleasure kept Gretchen not only alive, but comparatively glad. Her body suffered for want of sun and air. There was no helping that by any amount of spiritual compensation, so long as she must stand year in and year out in a closed, dark corner and do hard drudgery. But if she had stood in that closed, dark corner doing that hard drudgery and had no pleasure to comfort her, she would have been dead in three months. If all men and women could realise the power, the might of even a small pleasure, how much happier the world would be, and how much longer bodies and souls would bear up under living. Sensitive people realise it to the very core of their being. They know that often and often it happens to them to be revived, kindled, strengthened, to a degree which they could not describe and which they hardly comprehend, by some little thing, some word of praise, some token of remembrance, some proof of affection or recognition. They know too that strength goes out of them, just as inexplicably, just as fatally, when for a space, perhaps even a short space, all these are wanting. People who are not sensitive also come to find this out, if they are tender. They are by no means inseparable, tenderness and sensitiveness. If they were, human nature would be both more comfortable and more agreeable. But tender people alone can be just to sensitive ones. 
living in close relations with them they learn what they need and so far as they can supply it even when they wander a little and perhaps grow a little weary we see a tender and just mother sometimes sighing because one oversensitive child must be so much more gently restrained or admonished than the rest but she has her reward for every effort to adjust her methods to the instrument she does not quite understand if she doubts this she has only to look on the right hand and the left and see the effect of careless brutal dealing with finely strung sensitive natures we see also many men good generous kindly but not sensitive souled who have learned that the sunshine of their homes all depends on little things which it would never have entered into their busy and composed hearts to think of doing or saying or providing if they had not discovered that without them their wives droop and with them they keep well people who are neither tender nor sensitive can neither comprehend nor meet these needs alas that there are so many such people or that if there must be just so many as i suppose there must they are not distinguishable at first sight by some mark of colour or shape or sound so that one might avoid them or at least know what to expect in entering into relation with them woe be to any sensitive soul whose life must in spite of itself take tone and tint from daily and intimate intercourse with such no bravery no philosophy no patience can save it from a slow death but while the subtlest and most stimulating pleasures which the soul knows come to it through its affections and are therefore so to speak at every man's mercy there is still left a world of possibility of enjoyment to which we can help ourselves and which no man can hinder and just here it is, I think, that many persons, especially those who are hard-worked and those who have some special trouble to bear, make great mistake. They might, perhaps, say at hasty first sight that it would be selfish to aim at providing themselves with pleasures. Not at all, not one whit more than it is for them to buy a bottle of Ayer's sarsaparilla, if they do not know better, to cleanse their blood in the spring probably a dollar's worth of almost anything out of any other shop than a druggist would cleanse their blood better a geranium for instance or a photograph or a concert or a book or even fried oysters anything no matter what so it is innocent which gives them a little pleasure breaks in on the monotony of their work or their trouble and makes them have for one half hour a good time those who have near and dear ones to remember these things for them need no such words as i am writing here heaven forgive them if being thus blessed they do not thank god daily and take courage but lonely people and people whose kin are not kind or wise in these things must learn to minister even in such ways to themselves it is not selfish it is not foolish it is wise it is generous each contented look on a human face is reflected in every other human face which sees it each growth in a human soul is a blessing to every other human soul which comes in contact with it here will come in for many people the bitter restrictions of poverty there are so many men and women to whom it would seem simply a taunt to advise them to spend now and then a dollar for pleasure that the poor must go cold and hungry has never seemed to me the hardest feature in their lot 
there are worse deprivations than that of food or raiment and this very thing is one of them this is a point for charitable people to remember even more than they do we appreciate this when we give some plum pudding and turkey at christmas instead of all coal and flannel but any day in the year a picture on the wall might perhaps be as comforting as a blanket on the bed and at any rate would be good for twelve months while the blanket would help but six i have seen an irish mother in a mud hovel turn red with delight at a rattle for her baby when i am quite sure she would have been indifferently grateful for a pair of socks food and physicians and money are and always will be on the earth but a merry heat is a continual feast and doeth good like a medicine and loving favour is chosen rather than gold and silver end of section thirty nine